Instant restenosis procedures can be lengthy and require flexibility in your treatment strategy. With the Philips Elka Laser Atherectomy Catheter, the only approved atherectomy device for ISR cases, you can easily and safely modify plaque to maximize luminal gain. Learn more about ELCA and important safety information at TCT by visiting Philips booth 1739. You're listening to Heart Sounds, TCTMD's award-winning podcast hosted by Shelley Wood. Hello and welcome to the Heart Sounds podcast for September 2019. This is the podcast where you hear everything you need to know about the top cardiology topics of the past month. My usual approach is to take a look at the stories getting the most traffic on TCTMD.com, then ask our team of reporters for any choice audio clips they have from the interviews they did for these articles. I recorded this month's podcast before jetting off to the annual TCT conference, and this episode will air before we see the late-breaking clinical trials in San Francisco. That means the top stories for the month to date are dominated by the big studies that came out of the European Society of Cardiology Congress in Paris. And you'll get to hear about the big trials from TCT in next month's podcast. I'm doing something special with these ESC stories. I've convinced a very busy David Capodanno of the University of Catania in Italy to tell me his thoughts on the big news from ESC. I caught up with Javid after ESC, but before TCT, and somehow in that tight window he also managed a trip to the CVIT meeting in Japan. It's a wonder he could still remember the trials that made a splash in Paris. Let's take a listen. Hello, David. I've got David Capadano on the line here. Thank you so much for coming on the Heart Sounds podcast. I know you've flown around the globe to different meetings since the ESD, but we're going to look back and talk about it now. So thank you. Hello, Shelley. Thank you for having me. You are flying a lot uh, as well. Huh? So <laughs> Yeah, I think we're both taking off for uh, the TCT meeting any minute now, but uh, we'll have a quick look back at ESC because there were so many interesting trials this year. I'd love to get your sense of it. You know, we were talking earlier, we haven't seen this many kind of big positive trials in a, in a few years at ESC. Yeah, I agree. It's exciting because, of course, when you see results that uh, somehow are so clear, uh, you immediately try to uh, understand how this will impact your practice. For some of these trials, such as uh, DAPA-HF, probably the translation will be very quick. So I'm very interested to see what will be the uptake of cardiologists for this uh, diabetologist drug. Yeah, let's start with that one. DAPA-HF came out on the first day of the meeting. I had the pleasure of covering that one myself for TCTMD. And um, this was one of those trials where the audience actually broke into applause as John McMurray was presenting some of these results. Uh, This was a trial of dapagliflozin, which most people think of as a diabetes medication, but in this particular trial was looking at the heart failure effects, both in diabetics as well as non-diabetics. What's your sense of DAPA-HF? Well, first of all, uh, it's interesting that you said that uh, this trial got an applause because uh, this is uh, becoming common in uh, late-breaking trial sessions. And when the trial uh, get the applause, this is really something to highlight. And uh, for this meeting, uh, to the best of my knowledge, this is uh, the only applause, let's say. So, of course, yeah, exactly, the only applause I saw. we have to pay attention to it. But uh, I'm kidding. This is definitely an important study, and uh, especially because, of course, it's large 
large, it's well powered because the primary endpoint was met. All the component endpoints were absolutely in the uh, expected direction. There was uh, no really a signal of uh, important side effects. So this will uh, uh, definitely enter uh, our practice. The, the question for me as a cardiologist is, is how this uh, drug work, uh, because uh, of course diabetologists already know the property of this uh, uh, drug, but at the same time the effect was not just in diabetics in this trial, was also in non-diabetics. So there is obviously something uh, more that goes beyond uh, diabetes itself. Uh, this is a drug for heart failure, and uh, we should start knowing more about it. Yeah, I know. Originally, people thought that the effects were mostly related to glucose lowering. But as you're saying, the in this trial, it did appear that there's something else going on beyond those effects on glucose. So will cardiologists start prescribing this or will they still rely on diabetologists and others? I mean, obviously, if your patient doesn't have diabetes, you can't expect a, a diabetes doctor to be prescribing the drug. But I guess this is this is the starting point for cardiologists really using this drug. Well, I, I definitely agree because uh, so far, of course, we refer the patient to the diabetologist because, of course, the drug was intended uh, to lower uh, glycemia. But now that uh, it is really a drug for heart failure, of course, uh, the uh, um, cardiologist uh, has to be consulted and will find many patients that are um, theoretically eligible candidates to this uh, drug. So, uh, I don't know how the bureaucracy will work for this uh, drug because, uh, of course, uh, there are uh, so many things uh, in terms of paperwork and uh, selection yeah. of patients and reimbursement, etc. going on. But uh, definitely, we uh, as cardiologists see a lot of these patients and I think we should be entitled to prescribe uh, the drug. I wanted to ask you about the complete trial. That's the next one on my list. Um, this was a trial looking at culprit-only revascularization versus multivessel, but but really looking at this question of the timing of when it's done. What, what's your take on complete? Well, I think uh, uh, this is an important study that may really affect uh, uh, my practice. So, of course, I speak for myself uh, starting from, uh, from now. Uh, I think it's a conclusive study uh, for the question, uh, should we completely revascularize or uh, just uh, wait for... Uh, um, treat the culprit lesion and then uh, see what happened with the uh, non-infrared-related arteries uh, because it's well-powered, because basically confirm what was uh, the collective evidence that came from uh, the other small studies uh, such as Prami, Culprit, uh, uh, Compare Acute, uh, and uh, uh, Dynamitri Primulti. Um, the question about timing, of course, uh, it's uh, an important one. The study was not really designed to address this uh, question, uh, but it gives reassurance, I believe, because in the subgroup analysis, there was no difference uh, between those who completely revascularized the non-infrared-related artery lesion during hospitalization or within uh, 45 days. So, for example, in my practice, it's very likely that we will start to discharge more because uh, so far we completed the revascularization during the hospitalization, which, of course, prolonged the hospital stay and may have uh, other kind of problems. Yeah, I've heard people say that this is big news for people who get called in in the middle of the night for for a STEMI, that <laughs> the idea that you don't need to fix every vessel in the middle of the night, but rather have a, can take a pause. 
is that part of why this is exciting for interventional cardiologists? Yes, uh, let's say this study validates somehow the principle that you can revascularize in a stage procedure. Uh, the most important thing is, is that you do it. So, of course, we realize that complete revascularization is a must because you reduce the death, myocardial infarction, and also revascularization. But uh, uh, at the same time, uh, it is not mandatory to do that uh, at uh, 4 a.m. Of course, people that uh, want to do that are still entitled to do that. But at the same time, I think uh, no one is guilty if uh, someday or even weeks uh, elapse. And I should say that at the uh, TCT meeting, which is kicking off this week, there's actually a separate complete presentation called Complete Timing, which will maybe dig down into that kind of best um, delay or, or whatever the word would be, but the timing of this somewhat staged but complete revascularization. So we'll have more on that yes, next month. Definitely. Let's move on. Um, one of the ones that you suggested we speak about was ISAR REACT 5. This is, again, uh, um, in the setting of ACS, but it's a drug trial. This is something we've been hearing about more and more. What is the best combination of antiplatelet or anticoagulants in patients. What's new in ISAR REACT-5? So maybe I suggested to speak about this trial, but actually I don't know what to say because the results are so surprising that uh, many people are puzzled by what happened. So it was really the first head-to-head comparison of uh, Ticagor and Prasugrel in patients with acute coronary syndrome managed uh, invasively. And uh, you know that, of course, the regulatory trials uh, of uh, these two drugs were uh, against uh, clopidogrel. So, of course, uh, when someone asked, okay, uh, what what is the best drug? Uh, the typical answer was, uh, we don't know because the comparator was clopidogrel. But now we have the uh, head-to-head comparison and the uh, authors uh, hypothesized that uh, Tachagolo was better while, while it actually increased the risk. So Prasugrel was better. Uh, the puzzling point is that uh, there was no difference in bleeding. So of course, when you have some uh, uh, better antithrombotic effect, you expect also to pay a price, which was not the case here. So it's uh, the typical uh, too good to be true result. Uh, and although I totally trust the investigators who are uh, uh, definitely very good uh, and uh, have a record of publications uh, in this uh, field, I, uh, I'm uh, um, among the ones that would like to see a replication of these results in another trial to be fully convinced. But I think it's an important study and it will be difficult to ignore for the next uh, guidelines uh, task forces. Yeah. Okay. I I was puzzled by it too. And the people I spoke with said they were surprised and puzzled. So wait and see is is to get a little validation with that one, is it? Okay. What else? What else from ESC really was exciting or, or do you think will have an impact on your practice? Well, I think another interesting study in the field of uh, antithrombotic therapy was uh, TIMIS and uh, it's a sub-study TIMIS-PCI because of course this was uh, quite uh, uh, anticipated. Uh, it is a study of uh, Tecago and patient with stable coronary artery disease and uh, diabetes. So um, population which is uh, slightly uh, different from the Pegasus population for which we have already an indication for Ticagro 60 milligrams. So these are patients with coronary artery disease, prior PCI, prior cabbage, or just uh, some stenosis uh, uh, seen at the coronary angiography, and diabetes. So the bet was that uh, uh, intensifying the antithrombotic therapy, this patient would have achieved uh, uh, a net benefit or a, a primary efficacy benefit, which was the case because the trial is uh, positive, although, of course, there was uh, bleeding and there was also uh, bad bleeding because there was an increase in intracranial uh, hemorrhage, which is something uh, unpleasant to see. Yeah, serious. So the results um, that were presented, the recommendation was really, as a, for a trial as a whole, the risk uh, probably offsets the benefit. Is that a 
Exactly. It's the usual story, of course, when you target uh, uh, patients uh, that uh, may uh, may be at lower risk. Of course, I'm not saying that diabetes is at lower risk, but perhaps it's a lower risk than prior MI. Then, of course, you have uh, the, the bleeding issue that may really overshadow the effect on efficacy. And when they look at the net benefit uh, in terms of uh, irreversible arms, they didn't find uh, uh, a significant result, which, of course, uh, make me reflect that uh, if any, this strategy should be used in patients who are at uh, higher risk of thrombosis, uh, uh, low or no risk of uh, bleeding. Of course, the two things are, uh, <laughs> are not uh, always in the, in the same direction. And perhaps there is uh, one subgroup yeah. which is worthy of attention, which is that of PCI. They were fast uh, in publishing uh, already this important sub-analysis in which uh, some better results were, uh, were achieved. So there was some bleeding risk in the PCI as a group as well, but I mean, how would you then translate that into practice? Would you consider using ticagrelor in the group of patients that are that are post PCI, or, or does this trial just give you too much sort of nervousness that perhaps the that the risk will outweigh the benefit? I guess it's a case-by-case case is what you're yeah, suggesting. You know, um, I'm not really uh, afraid, let's say, quote-unquote, uh, by the bleeding risk when I use an antithrombotic drug because I think this is part of the game, no? because it's uh, absolutely expected that you expose some parts of more vulnerable patients uh, to the risk of bleeding in order to gain uh, a benefit. Uh, but uh, as you said, uh, here the art of medicine will uh, play a role because you have uh, really to be sensitive to the bleeding risk of the patient, exclude these uh, candidates, and maybe find uh, a niche uh, selected patients who may have a benefit. We all see in practice uh, patients with uh, uh, terrible coronary arteries who are diabetics, uh, uh, who may have uh, events, uh, who had uh, complex PCI. For these patients, you have uh, an option here, and I think uh, we should uh, look at the glass uh, as uh, half full rather than uh, half empty. Of course, it's not a blockbuster, not uh, a routine uh, new strategy, but uh, uh, I like to see the results in the PCI subgroup and maybe some patients may qualify for this strategy. Okay, so some new insights. There was so much more at this meeting we could talk about, and um, I maybe we can take a moment to look at some of the other trials outside of some of these more interventional ones. But um, I just found I was rushing from session to session. I was had my head down in the press room for huge amounts of time, but in general, the meeting just had a, a, a sense of I don't know. There were so many diverse topics. There was um, obviously such an international meeting. Any other highlights from it for folks that didn't get to go? Any any other thoughts? Well, about let's it? say, of course, uh, um, during the meeting were uh, published something like seven or eight New England Journal of Medicine papers. So, of course, uh, the attention is all on these important publications. And but of course, uh, uh, important science was uh, published and presented also elsewhere. Uh, in the field of antithrombotics, uh, I found uh, uh, very interesting, uh, at least. At two trials. One is a fire and the other one is uh, Entrust AFPCI. Um, because they tackle mm-hmm. uh, really the issue of how to customize the antithrombotic therapy for patients with atrial fibrillation or an indication to oral anticoagulation plus uh, chronic atherosclerosis or PCI. So Entrust really address uh, uh, like uh, other trials before the uh, first uh, 12 months, let's say, uh, after uh, a PCI, while a fire uh, tackle the issue of what to do when the patient is on chronic anticoagulation, whether adding an antiplatelet uh, can add something and actually did not. 
Yeah, I feel like um, the whole world that uh, has been opened up by the NOACs or DOACs, as they seem to be called, these are stories that always get a lot of attention on TCTMD, and and the devil always seems to be in the details. But um, I should say that all of the trials we've talked about and and many more were covered by the TCTMD news team and and can be found on the website. So hopefully uh, our discussion today just serves as a little bit of an introduction for people who want to go and delve a bit deeper into those trials. I've got many more I could ask you about, but I think I better let you off the hook since you've got to uh, probably go and pack your suitcase, repack your suitcase to head out to TCT. So thank you so much, David, for telling me no about problem. some of this thank today. Thank you, Shelley, for inviting me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So there you have it. Some of the top news from ESC, although that really only scratches the surface. In all, TCTMD reporters filed 40 stories from this year's meeting. You can find all of those on our ESC conference page. And of course, we had plenty of other news on TCTMD this month, including Laura McEwen's coverage of the Heart Failure Society of America conference in Philadelphia. Also among our top stories this month was a piece I pulled together, looking at how an anonymous question posed on Twitter about MI definitions in the Scott Heart trial ended up getting some very swift responses from investigators, but not before some even faster and heated reactions in the tweetosphere. I'll send you to tctmd.com to find that story. In the meantime, I'm thinking at least some of you are tuning into this podcast while traveling to the TCT conference in San Francisco. Hopefully I'll have the chance to meet some of you in person while there. Certainly, if you see me dashing hither and thither around the convention center, please stop me to say hello and tell me what you're up to. I'll be back here at the end of October to tell you all of the big stories from TCT, but I seriously hope you'll be checking out our whirlwind reporting during the meeting on tctmd.com, subscribing to our newsletter, or best of all, catching the news as it breaks on our new TCTMD app. I'm going to be doing my live blog at TCT this year. This is the Coles Notes top line results from the trials as they're presented in the main arena. And yes, you can get that on your mobile device. Be sure to check back though for the full stories by our news team. That is Caitlin Cox, Laura McEwen, Todd Neal, Michael O'Reardon, and Yael Maxwell. Our summer journalism fellow Marcus Banks will also be joining us at TCT this year. That's it for the September edition of Heart Sounds. Thanks for tuning in. 